Okay, you ready? Ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello, welcome to Mothers Talking. Um, another lovely episode. This time it's just me, Jenna. There's no Natalie today, but I'm very excited to welcome the beautiful and lovely fellow doula and gorgeous mother, Lara. Um, hi, Lara. Hello. Hello. What a lovely um, introduction. <laughs> of course, of course. And I'll I'll let you introduce yourself in a sec. But the reason we're here, I guess, is to talk breach. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, I guess, like the process of maybe getting told you have a breech baby in pregnancy, mm-hmm. thinking and planning a breech birth. Um, but just I think. And I don't know if you felt this when you found out, but I think there's a lot of weight around mm. Like you hear the word breach and everyone kind of is panicked or there's some fear around it. And it's just mm. a bit of an unknown area. And I was looking at some statistics and apparently it's about three to 4% of babies mm. will be born breach. Um, it's not a massive number, but it's still significant, right? And it's worth having a conversation about because I think as well if you do get a scan and you are told your baby's breached it can you know it can unsettle you but um so I really want to hear all about your journey with your mm. breach pregnancy and so do you want to just tell us a little bit about you I yeah absolutely I'm Lara <laughs> I have two children yeah uh, a six-year-old and a two-year-old yep that's right and uh currently pregnant with baby number three which I've told you before I entirely blame you for um (laughs) so yeah actually I blame you and then I've got two other friends who've got three children who make it look effortless and um I blame them as well uh so yeah it's an equal share of the blame between the three of you um and yeah I am a birth doula antenatal educator um yeah that's me basically um you're also amazing with breastfeeding aren't you yeah (laughs) i'll say that yes i have breastfed my two um my two boys and i am a breastfeeding counselor and um hopefully one day a lactation consultant but that is a long journey yeah um but yes, I had a breach second birth. Well, I say a breach, a breach baby in yeah. my second pregnancy, yeah. um, and he was pretty much breached. He was breached the whole way. Yeah. Um, when did they uh, first see that he? When did you first get told he was breached? I think I first got told at twenty weeks scan, mm-hmm. which I think is a bit outrageous because babies move so much. Yeah. I just have to contextualise it because it was during COVID. I feel, to be fair, during that pregnancy, I learned so much about breach that I didn't know before. But it was a really difficult time. Mm. So there was lots of things about all the kind of support you could get. Um, But by the time we were in, like, well... 36 32 to 36 weeks which is when the pressure really starts to ramp that the baby is still breach yeah we were in lockdown 
Um, and it was all so new. This, you know, virus just seemed so terrifying mm -hmm. that it was very hard to get additional support. So, yeah. I mean, it's probably useful if I go back to the to the kind of Hannah trial. Is that useful to chat about? Yeah, you can. Go yeah. anywhere, babe. Go anywhere. We want we want all your knowledge because when a mum has been through a breach pregnancy, who better to inform us all than a mum who's yeah. been through it and had yeah. all the experience and options and found or discovered all this information? Yeah. So yeah. I've got to say as well. Kingston Hospital, which is where um, I had him, there was a lot of luck involved in mm -hmm. the fact that, so the um, consultant midwife there used to run the breach team at St George's. Mm -hmm. So Emma Spillane, who I love. <laughs> I love a lot of people in the birth world, but uh, I do love her. Mm -hmm. um, she is such a useful person to have at the hospital mm -hmm. to talk about the options around vaginal breech birth. Mm -hmm. um, and there aren't always, it's not always easy for people to access healthcare professionals who are supportive of, of vaginal breech birth. Yeah. So there is a website called OptiBreach. Because mm -hmm. there's a, um, they're trying, I think, basically what happened Hannah trial gosh I keep saying 10 years ago but I think it's more like 20 years now wow. they did a big um uh, research project and what came out of it was that uh breech birth was much safer if it was performed by cesarean so um what then happened was that most people who had a breech baby then automatically went for a cesarean and that was just mm -hmm. that Subsequently, a lot of the a lot of the uh, things that have come out of it and conclusions have been refuted, and further evidence um, has shown that cesarean isn't necessarily a safer option for people with um, who are who've got a breech baby. And but the problem was, it took such a long time for that information to come through that basically midwives obstetricians but mainly midwives became really de-skilled in supporting mums vaginally breech birthing so now the problem is less this kind of big you know fear of this trial although that's still you know it takes a long time for research mm -hmm. and change in research to actually infiltrate nhs practices mm -hmm. um but now it's more that the midwives don't have the experience. It is pretty much, there are, with everything in life, there's always a risk, isn't there? And we're always, um, you know, it's all about risk management, uh, especially within a hospital environment. But the, the, the risk is very, very slight with a, a, with a breech birth, mm -hmm. um, especially if you have a... Um, like a midwife who's trained and who understands breech births. Mm -hmm. So it, it's very, very similar, the risk with that and cephalic birth, which is head down. And so the, the key thing now is, is helping, well, number one, the, 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 it's, it's a kind of step change in the maternity system and people understanding about this, but then also people upskilling in terms of the midwives. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where I felt really lucky because... 
Emma was not only wonderful and, you know, at that point, baby was, he was Frank Breach. So there's different types of breach. Mm-hmm. There's Frank Breach where you've got, I don't know why I'm showing you with my hand, with the bum, bum firmly in the pelvis. Yeah. And there are a few other variations. There's one variation which is seen as less safe and that's footling breach. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when they're literally feet first. Yeah. Um, but I have to say my sister had a footling vaginal breach birth by accident. <laughs> it was her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She, her waters went, and she was booked for a cesarean, but it was quite late. I think it was like 39 plus six or something. And her waters went and she rushed in, rushed into hospital because she was like, oh, I need to have the cesarean. And then someone burnt some toast. I love stories that start with someone burnt some toast. <laughs> and basically they couldn't take her into surgery because of this, the toast burning situation mm-hmm. and the alarms were going. So she just, she just finally burnt him. But first, and uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it was what it was, and he he arrived all fine and dandy. She wasn't necessarily in. I suspect the people who were supporting her in the birth hadn't had effective breach training, so mm-hmm. things are like it's best to be on your hands and knees or upright, as opposed to on your back. Mm-hmm. But isn't that everything with birth? I mean, and obviously, unless your body tells you you need to be on your back. Yeah. It's a very strange pelvic position yeah. to birth on your back. But anyway, she was on her back. And so she had a, she had a footling breach um, vaginal birth. So she, she did it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually helped me because I was like, well, she's doing it. And then I was like, if we just got a kind of breach womb in our family. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Maybe we do. But the thing is, in there's greater chance I think in subsequent pregnancies because I think your womb stretches a bit mm. um so yeah Baxter was uh breached from about 20 yeah from about 20 weeks and he was just they described him as stubbornly breach um and it was really it was it was it was scary because I really wanted to have a home birth yeah and um I'd had a really medicalized first birth, which was incredibly traumatic. And so I really wanted to move away from that. But at the time, they, Kingston Hospital weren't happy supporting vaginal breech births in the home. Yeah. Um, I think they probably more so are now. Mm-hmm. Um, and what kind of process were you going through once? you know, he was referred to a stubbornly breach. So you're trying to get your head around, you know, a breach birth, thinking about your options. What were you kind of going through emotionally during the pregnancy while you were thinking about all this? I was a bit of a mess, I think. Yeah, I I was trying to do everything I could to turn him. Mm -hmm. So I was doing spinning babies so that's different types of move, like different types of movements to basically allow if he is able to move, i.e. because you don't know, sometimes babies could be breached because they've got a very short cord. Mm-hmm. Like there there is something in 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 trusting, we're not very good at that, in trusting the baby, in trusting that they've chosen the position that's most effective for them. Yeah. But I was trying the best that I could. So I did lots of spinning babies. 
I did Moxie Bastion, which just, (laughs) it just felt like we were poisoning our lungs. (laughs) (laughs) Very interesting smell in our front room. My poor husband. Just explain Moxie Bastion for those who don't know what it is. So I can't remember what the stick is. It's kind of, if I'm honest, it looks like a cigar. Okay. It's like incense. Kind of, it, isn't it? But yeah, but not the good incense that you have yeah. when you have a nice bath. It's like a musty, not that incense. It's really earthy. musty. Yeah. Kind of earth. Yeah, earthy is a perfect way to describe it. So I'd have to lie down, and you you put this stick between your baby toe and the toe next to it, and then you. So my husband, honestly, my poor husband. So he was lighting it and then, but then it would smoke a lot. So then we'd have all the windows open and then I'd be a bit cold. Mm -hmm. So he'd be shutting all the windows and then you have to leave it there for like 20 minutes. Um, But it was, I don't know if it was just the ones we had. They were really hard to light. Um, You got into it after a while. Yeah. But I'm not going to lie, it was the strangest experience of just lying on the sofa mm. with this thing between your toe. Yeah. Um, it didn't seem to move his position in while I was pregnant, but it is supposed to be really good. There's lots of people who absolutely swear by it. And I think had I had it been normal times, I would have definitely gone, I'm a I love acupuncture, mm-hmm. so I'd have definitely gone for acupuncture. I'd have definitely seen a chiropractor mm-hmm. um, because there's a thing, if you see a chiropractor, you can one that's trained with the Webster technique, there's basically, so obviously you've got all the ligaments in your body, and if some of them are tighter, that can be a reason why the baby is sat in a breech position. So they they kind of manipulate you. It's actually very, I see a chiropractor now, in a kind of preventative way for this third birth. Yeah. Um, because it does, the the fear of breach stays with you. Yeah. Um, so I, it, it's probably the thing I fear the most in this pregnancy. Yeah. Um, and what for you are those fears? What, what are some of the fears around breach that you've experienced? <laughs> The fear actually now is no longer about physically birthing a breech baby. That doesn't, that's not scary to me. And there's some interesting stats where actually you're less likely, I think, to tear with a breech. The labour is usually quicker. I mean, maybe it's just that all the head down ones are in the wrong position. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I have no fear about physically birthing a breech baby the 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 thing that bothers me is the fear that sits in the maternity services about the breech mm. um so for example being told that you um can't have a home birth mm. not that anyone can actually really tell you you can't have a home birth so yeah so but it is that fear and it's the fear of then, okay, then I'll be referred to speak to an obstetrician. And the more people you speak to who have this kind of fear mentality, 
the, it does seep in. I think we're like sponges, and especially in pregnancy, you know, it, it's very hard to keep out those external pressures and external fears. Um, so that is my that is my biggest fear. I actually have. Um, so I'm working with a home birth team at the moment, and honestly, the most wonderful home birth midwife came. There's a whole group of them. And they're all lovely, but honestly, this one, she's my absolute favourite. Um, she, she was like, oh, I was like, oh, I'm a bit worried, you know, if it's a, if this one's a um, breach and what that will mean and will I have to go into the hospital or will I have to go to Kingston because it's a bit further away? And she said, um, let's be honest, it's your third baby. Uh your what does she liken it to oh yeah she was like uh imagine your vagina's a bit more like a bucket now um if we think about that breech baby she's gonna slide through <laughs> lovely <laughs> lovely analogy for you babe i was like great yeah let's let's talk about my vagina like a bucket yeah. um but it did actually really help relieve some of those fears because mm. it was a medical professional um granted home birth so sometimes they are a slightly different breed but um saying i'd support you in a home birth situation if you were breech mm. um so yeah that, that, that that's the fear that for me but in the last birth the fear was like oh my gosh before i understood the research before i understood i was still like oh breach oh i'd have a cesarean so the the first the first birth the second birth I had which was for first breach the, the fear was much was more about can I physically birth the baby mm. if if they're in a breach position yeah and then now it's more like oh how how would I navigate the maternity services because it is a variation of normal it's it's mm. it's not super common but it's not that uncommon that it's yeah that it's so bizarre and um, I guess you feel like what you were speaking about you don't want all your options taken away mm, you know let's have a conversation and mm, see what you know what you're thinking and feeling and I guess mm, it's it's a bit of a shame isn't it because you were so lucky with Kingston and Emma but lots of hospitals don't have a breach specialist mm, no then so it would be pretty much an automatic cesarean birth yeah it? because yeah they're not going to, obviously, they're not going to risk it and you're not going to want to risk it because you don't feel safe if they're not experienced enough. That's the thing. So, That's the problem. Yeah, it's it's really tricky. But talk us through, so you're going through the pregnancy, you're dealing with these fears, with the, you know, you're going through that process and then tell us kind of towards the end of pregnancy what was going on and how you decided to move forward and what happened there. Yeah, I mean, I'm... I'm my soul is just like problem solving. So that's probably my default. I was consumed for a lot of the period, a lot of period of pregnancy with how I solved this problem. Yeah. And um, I even attempted to have an ECV, which is where they manually try and turn the baby from the outside. Mm. That wasn't successful. They were like, he's so stubbornly breached. There's no way he's moving. Mm. Was that painful, um, uncomfortable? What was that? It was horrible. <laughs> mm. I think for some people, if the baby's going to move, it's very quick and simple. 
they move but he was so in there it was and you know you're so used to being so careful with your bump and then suddenly someone's properly in there trying to to move it all around it felt very alien to me having said that obviously it was during covid but the um the head of the home birth team came with me to hold my hand and she was so i mean the the support i got from kingston was second to none mainly dealing with the home birth team and um emma it it was and i didn't i didn't even see an obstetrician i don't think i even saw an obstetrician maybe i saw one obstetrician oh i saw i saw the really uh i saw the incredible obstetrician um uh, Flor- yeah florence florence Filiola. basically sometimes as a doula especially with your local hospital you learn the people who put women at the center of their care Mm -hmm. so you know if it was you who you'd speak to and you also know when you're working with clients who you would suggest they speak to over for example someone else so sometimes I think it is a bit unfair because I have I don't know I have a bit of inside knowledge um but obviously I saw her and she was very very supportive of the whole vaginal breech birth and and then I think I got to a point where I was like, oh, I can't do anything about it now. Mm. Like the problem solving for me was very much a kind of defense mechanism. Yeah. Um, and it has been my my whole life. I, I use problem solving as a way to distract myself from the fear or the pain of whatever it is that I'm trying to avoid. But it got to a point where I was like, all right, well, I'm, He's just going to come out. He's just going to have to come out bum first, mm. and and yeah, it was it, it. I accepted that, and I was like, okay, well that that will just be the way he arrives. Probably be shorter. Probably be um, maybe less tearing. Brilliant. I'll I'll take that. So I took it from a positive perspective, and Emma. Emma put herself on call for my birth for six weeks. Amazing. That's so amazing. The home birth team wanted to upskill in in breach birth, I guess, to be providing breach, supporting breach births in the community and homes. Um, So they did that. Um, So she put herself on call as well. So two amazing midwives, incredibly experienced, had themselves on call. I really had very little fear left because I was like, well, they're on call they're, they're they're coming to my they're coming to the birth it'll, it'll be absolutely fine um that, I can imagine that support that gave you you know from knowing they were there for you and they were on the side right that's massive huge. huge absolutely huge and it's not unfortunately it's not common yeah like if you live in and around London if you live within you know, a reasonable distance of a uh, opti, what do they call it? Opti breach. I almost called it opti back there. <laughs> That's the probiotics. Um, the opti an opti breach hospital, then your chances of having a vaginal breach birth are hugely increased because it's 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 a you know it's a mix of things, isn't it? It's the mm-hmm. It's the knowledge that they can impart on you, but it's also the feeling of support and knowing that someone will be there who who knows what they're doing. And yeah. um, 
so that that I felt very very calm towards the end with regard to physically birthing a breech baby mm. um and we you know we were talking about filming it and using it as training for other because she, because Emma had just moved to Kingston so she was trying to upskill um mm. the midwives there as well so yeah it's that support though isn't it but that's with everything in birth mm. if you've got a supportive team I mean it's yeah oh it's everything I mean oh, well, that's else... why women struggle don't they because yeah. the maternity system is not built around the, the actual level of support mm. women mm. need I think that's why doulas are around because mm. they for that that they fill that gap but um so you were feeling calm and you were kind yeah. of getting you know you, were, you felt ready yeah and what happened then tell us about the birth <laughs> oh I had my body was trying to move the baby my body was trying to turn the baby so I had on off contractions for about three or four weeks <laughs> where my body was like, no, we are going to try and turn this baby. Uh, I don't care if it's frustrating for you, Lara. I don't care if it's frustrating for the midwives who constantly think you're about to go into labour or your doula. Who's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, waiting outside your house. Um, <laughs> so there's, it's, my body was really trying uh, to to move the baby um I still was feeling kicks in exactly the same place so I, I didn't think he'd moved at all and I I don't think he had um and then after what was like three or four weeks the my contraction started again at night I'd had um a full pack of Ben and Jerry's ice cream that that's real. I think I I think that's really why it happened. Um, and I watched the Inbetweeners movie, I think the second one, when they're in Australia, and laughed. And then the contractions started again, but they started very differently. Whereas previously they'd just arrived and they'd been every like five minutes. Mm. They started, but they started every half an hour. And then the then it was so it was like half an hour for like an hour. And then I mean these are like just like oh mm. but nothing like nothing like labor labor. Yeah. Um all very early. Um and I was like, I I give up. I, I don't care. It's it's not happening. I really don't care. I'm gonna go to bed. So they they did get a bit shorter, so then they were like every 25 minutes, and then they were only 20 minutes. I was like, I don't care. It's not happening. I can't be bothered to stay up till 1am in the morning. I'm just going to go to sleep. So we went upstairs, we went to sleep. I have memories of waking, like semi-waking in the night because of the feelings. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I woke up in the morning, there was nothing. And I was like, oh, again, it's disappeared. And then I stood up and then I started, they started again. But every time I lay down again, they went. <laughs> I was like, mm. I think I think I text you. I think I text the midwife being like, I might be in labour, but only if I stand up. <laughs> and I was like, maybe I should. Maybe I should. I don't know. 
anyway, then I remember because I was, um, oh, for anyone's not aware, Jenna was my midwife. Oh, Jenna was my midwife. Jenna was my doula. And I remember calling Jenna and being like, I don't think it's happening. Um, yeah, one second. <laughs> through. And you were like, sound a little bit like it's happening, Lara. <laughs> I was like, oh no, I'm not. Can I lie down? It goes away. I'm sure it's fine. Oh, one second. <laughs> um, which I guess in normal times would have been the time that I'd have said, come over, come over. But it was all COVID madness then. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just, I was just hanging out at home, and then it, it ramped up, and then my my boy went off to my mum's. I don't remember when he came in and gave me a cuddle. I was like, okay, you're gonna have to hurry out this cuddle. <laughs> okay, what's it? What's it? <laughs> it's quite intense. Um, and then I realised I was pushing. Mm. Um, and that again is that body pushing without you, mm. you know. Not like I was like, oh, I need to push now. It's mm. like your body just and you, you and your noises change, so you get a bit more kind of mooey, a bit more kind of. Mm. <laughs> and then I was saying. Oh, Rui, I think we might need to go. Rui's my husband. Um, we might need to go to the hospital because I'm pushing. And How then... did you feel in that moment when you thought you're pushing, baby's breech, and I'm home? How did you feel in that moment? I... How did I feel in that moment? I was aware that I should be with someone, like, a midwife who understood breach. Yeah. So that was the whole focus. The whole focus is that it's fine. It's fine because you've got people supporting you mm-hmm. and they know what they're doing. So I remember, th- I remember not thinking like, oh, I can't do this. Like, but I remember saying to Rui, you need to get me to the hospital and you need to get, make sure everyone's there. Bless him, running around like a blue ass fly. Mm-hmm. Um, and we lived so close to the hospital, it was like a 10 minute drive, but it felt like about four hours. And because they thought, because I was pushing, they thought they were going to have a vaginal breech birth in the back of a car. So they were waiting outside the hospital. I mean, honestly, it's like, you don't, this is not the service you normally get from the NHS. They were waiting outside, these two very, <laughs> very senior midwives with a um, with a wheelchair. And so Rui just pulled up and I got out and then went upstairs. And then I think I was probably in transition. So when you get a wave of adrenaline and your, your, um, don't know your mental capacity it seems to leave you shortly um and so I just was like I don't I don't I'm so sorry I'm not in labor I've, I've wasted all your time you I'm so sorry I just kept on apologizing and I was like, I just need to do a poo it's just a poo and they could quite clearly see that I was in very advanced <laughs> and I think as well transitioning to the hospital yeah. made that whole process much more stressful mm-hmm. um I think if I had felt that someone was coming to my house, then it could have just happened without necessarily the um, complete denial that I was in labour. And um, then when I actually did a poo on the bed, um, because it happens, uh, I was then like, I told you, it's just a poo. (laughs) As if all that lead up had just been pretty (laughs) Um, 
anyway, she then said, would you like me to check you? Because I didn't want any vaginal examinations. She was like, would you like me to check you? And I thought, yeah, you can. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in labour. It's not happening. That's so interesting <laughs> that you just, just suddenly decided you're not in labour. I'm like, Rui, uh, did you get my trousers? Can you get my jacket? Because we we need to go. I'm really just kept on apologising. And she was like, I'll do a quick vaginal examination. And all the rest of the time I've been on my hands and knees. And then I, so I went on my back for the vaginal examination, which they don't really need to do on your back. I think it's easier for them to do on your back. It was outrageous. The pain level changed. It was outrageously uncomfortable in that position. And as soon as I could, I got back up again onto mm. hands and knees, which fe just felt much more like Not instinctive. True. But when she did the examination, she was like, yeah, no, you're fully dilated. Baby's coming down and he's turned in labor. So he's head first. <laughs> and my first thought, my first thing said, head down baby oh I can do that and then my second thought was oh my gosh I'm so sorry you've had yourself on call for six weeks for this birth you've set up the room for videotaping and 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 it's just going to be a boring head down birth <laughs> <laughs> yeah that must have been true that must have been quite something to catch up with in that very moment yeah I felt really bad <laughs> But oh, I didn't feel been. as bad as I felt confident, like, oh, I've pushed out a head down. Yeah. Like, so I think in those last, so that probably was the last maybe five minutes, I was probably pushing. I, in the car, there was definitely downward movement, um, but the kind of proper pushy stage was 10 minutes, if that. I honestly feel like it was three pushes and he he appeared. But there was a weight lifted when she said his head down. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I can do that. Because I've been facing all this other stuff. <laughs> I just find it so fascinating that the whole pregnancy, he was stubbornly breached. Mm. And that you went on that huge journey to mm -hmm. accept it. You decided mm. what was right for you was to go forward with vaginal birth. And then he turned and it, it reminds me of something I went to, um, you know, Michelle O'Don runs the Paramount oh, yes. course. So yeah, Michelle yeah. O'Don is like an amazing, amazing French yeah, obstetrician who kind of brought water birth to birth. Yeah. Um, and I just did a day of his course. You could go, you didn't have to do the full course. And I just had this day. So I just went for the day and someone grilled him on breech birth. And his theory was that, Breach babies don't turn now because they don't have to, because they come, you know, through a cesarean. Yeah. So there's no need for them yeah. to turn. Yeah. And if it, it, his kind of theory was, but if, you know, more breech babies were being born vaginally, they would find a way to turn because it would be better, like evolutionary, better yeah. than, you know. So I just found that really interesting that you mm. gave him that chance mm. and he turned. Yeah. You know, it's just so interesting. I also feel like if you knew him now, you'd be like, of course you sat breach till the very end. And then we're like, oh, I'm in the wrong position. One sec. <laughs> That's backstory all over. Like, oh. but I remember you telling me, um, oh, it's, um, it's because they really want to be close to your heart and they want to hear your heartbeat. And I loved that. And I've told that to subsequent clients. 
um, since. And they're always like, oh, he wants to be near my heart. He likes the sound. <laughs> lovely. Yeah, I just think, I, I, I always think breech babies as well tend to be a bit more on the sensitive side. For the, the people that I know who have been breached, like my mum was a breech baby, born Ooh. at home, good old girl. Oh. Um, in the, well, what would that have been? The 50s. Yeah. Um, she always tells this amazing story about Betty Ludlam holding up her leg because obviously they had no idea she was breech. Okay, so it's a surprise breech. Yeah. Surprise, and then yeah. she just tells the story about Betty had to come in from next door and hold up her leg, and that's how mum came out. And... <laughs> And, and yeah, my mum is kind of more on the sensitive side. And and I know a few other friends who are breech and I see that in them. Do you see that in Baxter? Would you say he's more of a sensitive soul? Or? He's very complex. He is both very kind of gregarious and out there. So like at the moment, he's at forest school, probably rolling tyres down a hill or climbing a tree. Mm-hmm. But he is also very, very sensitive mm-hmm. and very relies a lot on touch mm-hmm. and yes so he's not your it wouldn't be a traditional sensitive like quiet lad but he's yeah. so he's very sensitive and very feeling yeah um so yeah yeah he just he just needed my heartbeat Aww. he just do no he just needed to do things on his own terms <laughs> that is what entirely describes him <laughs> He doesn't do anything on anyone else's terms, oh. even now. <laughs> love yeah. it. Oh. He is lovely. He is lovely. Oh, well, this was such an interesting, insightful, amazing conversation to hear your journey. And you've been so open about it. So thank you. It's- oh, pleasure. I mean, it doesn't... Like I said before, it doesn't just... I haven't kind of reached this kind of like oasis point where I'm like, oh, whatever happens, happens with this pregnancy. Mm-hmm. If it's breach, it's breach, it's fine. So, you know, I haven't reached this nirvana that I'd like to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it still does bother me. But as I said, the change is much more the reaction of the medical staff as opposed to my fear of yeah. of birthing. A breachling. They call them breachlings? I just imagined that. I think I've just imagined that. I'm going to call them breechlings from now. That's cute, though. Breechlings. <laughs> Thank you. Oh well, I guess we'll see. We'll see where this baby decides they want. Yeah, to I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, thank you so so much. Oh, Delight to talk to you, and I'm oh, sure the listening have got lots of insight and you know useful tips and things to explore if they're also in this position which are mm. yeah no I hope so because obviously it took it took quite a lot of searching and I think it's yeah if other people can hear that it's vaginal birth is a realistic option for breech babies but obviously with with caveats in terms of support yeah. But then there's lots of people who just free birth their breech babies so there's a whole there's a great uh, Facebook group which is all about breach and they um that again was positive stories was really useful mm. oh positive stories are so powerful aren't they? oh yeah totally i think that's why we we've opened up our mother's talking to mother's stories because we want to hear everyone's stories because they're mm. so powerful for other mothers mm. amazing mm. well thank you so so much oh, it was lovely <laughs> to <have> you jenna <laughs> 